passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I mean, the last time that we were in the ring together, it wasn't as partners, it was as opponents. That's true, but we're always friends. Were we? Because I remember you trying to end my career. Look, everybody likes to win. You tombstoned me on the floor. Then you tombstoned me on the steps. Then you tombstoned me on hey, the announce table. It wasn't even a match. It wasn't a match. Look, Daniel. Yes, we've had our differences. The man, I've always had your back. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. 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 Kings of Combat Sports Podcast, John and Wayne. They'll talk about the things they did that day. They'll analyze the work of Vince and Triple H. Rewind to SmackDown. 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 Hey everybody, John Pollock here along with Wei Ting and welcome to Rewind to SmackDown. Live from the post office in living color. John and Way. How are you? Living color as opposed to dead. Dead color. Yeah. Color. That was the that was the other idea Fox had for oh, a sketch comedy show. Got it. Got it. How are you? Not bad. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, how are you? Uh, I'm doing swell. Yeah. I'm doing great. What's uh what's how how was your day? Uh Tuesday. Oh, busy. Very, very busy. Um Man, I I think that the best solution to any kind of cable or internet problems is to rant about it on oh, a show. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? I got. I have a whole list of uh, suggestions now for uh, rival companies. Oh, I, I got the suggestions, but wait, my, my voice goes right to the source. Really? Oh, yeah. I got a uh, very, very kind listener who works in Rogers who contacted me. Wow. Helped me uh, troubleshoot a few things. Uh, unfortunately, they have not worked, uh, what I've tried. I'm still frozen out of my online access to... Sportsnet. Oh, you! Wow. Okay. But it was very nice of this person to uh, go out of his way to a apologize on behalf of his company. Yeah. And maybe I should start complaining more too. That's the best way to go everything. about it. Yeah. I do feel s- sorry for some of these companies at times, especially the airlines, who I can't imagine running an airline <laughs> Twitter account mm-hmm. where it's just, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. There's one side of me that likes this technology that now customers that are truly wronged have a forum to vent and let everybody know about poor service that I'm sure goes on across all of these places that they they don't care how they treat their customers. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I think sometimes it's a little abused and yes. it's just people that just want to get on a really, that are just going, going on a big tangent and want to show everybody 
hey, I've got all these followers. Look at my power that I can hold over top of you. Definitely, yeah. It kind of goes both ways. Uh, I mean, but that's not just, it's not just about uh, consumerism, but, uh, you know, everybody has a voice for any type of dissatisfaction that they might feel, whether if it's watching a professional wrestling show or any type of customer experience that, that they experience. And it's for better or worse, but I would say largely, I would say for the better, don't you think? People are like things like Yelp coming along, making. Uh, no, I think it keeps it keeps people honest. companies honest yes. that even if you have people that are maybe using it for selfish reasons, um, it is keeping companies honest, and there is an accountability mm-hmm. that should be there. I, yeah. I think that it's kind of self-governing can be very good for different outlets. So is that our task now to 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 help govern this edition of SmackDown? Oh boy, well. Coming off of Monday, um, I, I didn't know what to expect tonight. I really, I, I, I really de- detested that show on Monday. It was, I thought it was one of their worst shows, certainly this year, maybe in a long time. You take like, out that tag match, I would have been really fuming. It's the fact that it's long. Uh, I, I think the fact that it was, it didn't necessarily offer too much redeeming in terms of professional wrestling, other than that tag match, and then just to top it off with like the the potty humor uh, of a. Uh, closing angle. Um, to me, it was it, it was up there with some of the the worst uh, Monday night offerings I've seen. What is company. going to cross over into SmackDown tonight is this overall heavy comedic tone that I just feel so many of the angles are inherently full of. Um, we'll get into Daniel Bryan tonight. I'm sure a lot of people are enjoying this little reunion. I'm enjoying it. I, I didn't I didn't like Daniel Bryan in this role tonight. Really? Okay. Um, we'll, we'll go into it more. Yeah. I just feel that there's just an overabundance of just trying to get laughs out of the audience. And it wears really thin on me. I'm somebody that I'm fine with, like, comedic elements to the show. But I also want to have my my hard-edge grudge feuds. I want to have mm-hmm. the, the, the dramatic uh, programs that are progressing week to week. That you're going to have these big blow-offs at the pay-per-view. I want an assortment of feuds, and I just feel with Team Hell No, with Braun Strowman, with Kevin Owens, it's just, there's so much, the New Day stuff tonight, it just feels like there is, it's such an easy go-to for them to lean on comedy. Um, Sasha and Bailey was, like, this is a breakup with a grudge, albeit a weak one, mm-hmm. that again, the Dr. Shelby side, like, that is their go-to. It is cheap laughs, and they're not very good with cheap laughs right right yeah i can i can understand the uh, criticism because uh it seems like mm, it seems like they 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 know how to do comedy a bit more than they know how to do something serious and seriously dramatic uh comedy maybe in some ways it it's a little easier than to you know like something incredibly serious and dramatic requires a lot more investment from your viewer and um hmm it, you know, Sometimes like, you're able to strike that balance with the right performers, but I feel that's certainly the exception when you have a Chris Jericho and a Kevin Owens that can yeah. take a lot of comedy, keep a very serious tone underneath, and then they do that big breakup feud. I thought the comedy element to start that was excellent with sure. where they ended up going. Exactly, yeah. And, and therefore, in the case of something like uh, Team Hell No, which I think in its original incarnation was based in comedy. I had no problem with them reestablishing that tone today. 
Uh, I think you needed that. You can't just go into a serious thing with Team Hell No right off the bat. Same with The New Day. By the end of that segment with Sanity, it became a serious segment. So I, I thought those two examples were perfectly fine tonight. I guess with, with Team Hell No, and this just goes back to what we discussed the other night about being the elite, that they see where they're going, and then you go backwards. When they did this reunion with DX, it was over a decade ago, mm-hmm. they had Hunter months out start doing the crotch chop and it always got a pop and then michael started doing it and it was february march they're doing this and then they don't have their first match together as a unit again until june it was this big build-up tonight we just kind of we like there was plenty that could have led up to that eventual hug between the two that we got last week tonight we addressed the whole backstory of all their problems when kane killed this man well you have daniel bryan himself telling you exactly why that might happen we got the hug we got all the history the match the win and a tag title shot within three weeks we've gotten all of this they they are doing all these things probably by by this uh whatever the analogy is by the fly of their the seat of their pants whatever uh and i have no doubt that this whole cane thing probably didn't come to fruition until maybe earlier this month we don't, and the thing is, we don't know how long Kane's going to stick around. My guess is, I don't even know if we'll necessarily see him beyond SummerSlam, if that. So, everything you're seeing right now seems seems like it's kind of ha- happening at an accelerated rate. Well, it, as much as I'm always going to get the argument of, dude, look how much money they're getting every year. My counter is, then don't tell me that I have to hold this the storytelling to the standards of other. Emmy quality programming mm-hmm. that uh, that would have at least a four week arc in between pay per views, uh, knowing where we are going. And mm. there's a story here with Kane and Daniel Bryan. I know, I know. Uh, and, and like, I'm I'm one of the first to kind of complain about that as well. But I also know like how these shows are produced, and I feel like sometimes it's 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 not it's just an unfair standard to to maybe hold a professional wrestling show to. You know, compared to another Emmy award-winning drama. I think that that's more so a byproduct of being exposed to this specific type of programming. Mm-hmm. I, listen, I'll give credit. Impact Wrestling is is handcuffed into having to long-term plan because they yeah. have to shoot so much all at once. Mm-hmm. I think that long-term booking has become this thing that's impossible to do in wrestling. And it was something that was very manageable at a time. When you had territorial yeah. wrestling and you were taping every week mm-hmm. and you had guys that had, that were exhausted from doing the loop and doing all of this driving in Mid-South, which had the the best episodic weekly television, I think it can be done. You're, you're bulk producing content every week if you're the WWE. Yeah. And I'm not saying you have to have a three-hour tightly woven together show, mm-hmm. but I think that your number one and number two angles should have that kind of care attached to it and i think that audiences should kind of hold that standard up if if that's something that they look for out of wrestling maybe just seeing a mishmash of of comedy and wrestling matches and personalities and catchphrases Mm -hmm. maybe that's what they get out of their wrestling and they're happy with it yeah maybe uh but i mean how much tv was mid-south producing compared to what the wwe are producing now uh not not at the level of this um they're not but i think that you're also talking with a company that is inf- infinitely bigger than than Mid South was yeah. produ- producing that television. You've got a okay. staff of uh, double digit writers um, mm. that 
You have a whole writing staff. Like this is you have staffed this as though this were but, but having a major more, television production. Yeah, but having more staff doesn't necessarily mean you you have to come up with with fewer. You're able to come up with more peaks for a storyline. If if I were if I had a staff of twenty people yeah. and I took two writers, you are assigned Bailey and Sasha, mm-hmm. and we are building to SummerSlam, and it's May right now. Mm-hmm. That is your task. Yeah. We will allot you one segment per week on Raw. This is where it needs to peak at. These are your angles. These are the restraints in which you have to work in. And this this is kind of what we want out of it, but Mm -hmm. we are handing it off to you. I think that you would get, if you know that's your direction and you have two people that are assigned to that, as opposed to a staff that has to write for everybody and it has to go through one editor at the end of it. Do we know that that's the process and that what you're suggesting? That's not the process. It's not the process of just these two people are in charge of a program and they get to run through everything. I mean, there, so, so you're suggesting maybe the problem is that it, you have too many people controlling singular storylines, whereas you think if you had more uh, writers focused on specific storylines, the quality in the end might be better. I think if you gave some of these writers more ownership, I, I think the writers in WWE often take a lot of flack when it largely is it comes down to one person greenlighting something or or changing it. Yeah. Um, I think it's. There's not enough ownership for some of the writers and by extension, the performers as well. I think if Bailey and Sasha knew this is where we are going Mm -hmm. and they were heavily invested in their program with those two writers that they are working with, that they know what is happening in week one, week six and the peak at week eight at SummerSlam. I I think you would see that and you would see a lot of someone like a Chris Jericho that's very hands on with his programs. Mm -hmm. You see that confidence when a program gets over that you can see what works. Yeah, Chris Jericho, though, I mean, is somebody with a lot more years and a lot more credibility backstage and a lot more pull backstage to be able to say, I don't like this in my storyline, I'm going to change it. Same with DX and and Triple H and and Shawn Michaels. Well, I think that's where you're right. I I feel a lot of performers are are walking on eggshells. And I will give Enzo credit in the sense of his attitude that he displayed in that Steve Austin interview was that, no... I am not the lucky one to be here. You are lucky to have me. And I think that there's very few performers that have that mindset of, no, I am the valuable commodity here. I'm bringing something to you uh, and your show that I, I think some performers, that's a fine line between for being better, for better or worse. for having an, I think you need an ego, yeah. a, a healthy ego Definitely. is necessary to succeed in this industry. I think somebody like Daniel Bryan himself will tell you that he doesn't have a big enough ego and maybe some of the, his positioning in the company or, or lack thereof might be due to that. Did you watch the gorilla yes, position interview? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he brings it up for those that haven't seen it. And one of the producers backstage came up to him and said, listen, you're Daniel Bryan and you need to. It was Sean, actually. Did he say it was Sean? Yeah. He said he was mentioning to uh, the story about Sean was a separate story about oh, okay. Sean was pointing out John Cena going and fighting for all of his stories to get through and, and kind of pushing for himself. Right. But he said another producer recently told him. You're Daniel Bryan, and you need to make sure they treat you like Daniel Bryan. You're a big star, mm-hmm. and you need to showcase that to the people that are handling your career. And I just I watched tonight's SmackDown, and I'm watching the Daniel Bryan of five years ago that I, I think is not the the top babyface. I felt he was almost the sidekick to Kane on the show. I might have agreed with you if it was like the cast program, but I didn't get that sense tonight. I feel like this nostalgia act with Team Hell No is a perfectly suitable 
uh, story for this level of Daniel Bryan. I think this is something you could build towards uh, a, a big match later on with a Kane, or it's a great way to kind of fill that TV time before you get to a Miz match or something bigger at SummerSlam. Well, let's get into the show. Uh, we've already discussed the, the whole philosophy of the show. Uh, Omaha, Nebraska on Tuesday night from mm-hmm. the Century Link Center. And this was our big 4th of July celebration episode, complete with 4th of July graphics package. A lot of work that went into this. Yeah, certainly. Renee Young is in the ring, and she welcomes out Team Hell No for the first time in five years. And Brian has a new shirt. Yes is back. In blue. In blue. This is a few months late. Yes is back. A whole new element of Daniel Bryan's past is back now. That has trumpeted this shirt. Yes is back. That's not even grammatically correct. Yes is back. Yes is back. Uh, Backstreet's back. Mm, Backstreet's yes. Terrible shirt. Renee called it the hug heard round the world. Mm. The hug heard round the world. Okay. What what sound does a hug make? Like a thump? One of these. Yeah. Depending on how hard you hug. Are you one of those people? How many hugs do you engage in in, say, a month? Uh... I can I can probably count on one hand the number of hugs I give each year. I'm not a hugger you at all. You never hugged me ever. No. I hugged you once. That was at... The, at our, oh, that was under duress. At the live show, yeah, during the, the ultimate thrill ride. Yes, yes, yes. That was the one and only time oh. I probably ever hugged you. Um, I have a friend who's like a hugger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Damien Abraham's a big hugger. Oh, Damien is too. I wasn't even thinking of Damien. He's Damien's... a phone caller and a hugger. So that, that man is just, uh, yeah, very, very uh, warm soul. He is. Brian says that together him and Kane are unstoppable. And Kane goes over their history against the Shield, graduating from anger management. And he said, Daniel Bryan and I have been through hell. Team Hell No is back and better than ever. And he cites... Daniel Bryan's anger. And he was worried about Daniel Bryan getting into trouble with the Bludgeon Brothers, which prompted his return, which allowed Kane to get out of his Raw exclusive contract. I mean, was that even still in effect? Was this man even part of the... Oh, he was on Raw. Yeah, you're right. He, he was. was. He was feuding with Braun earlier this year. Well, maybe it lapsed. Uh, maybe, you know, he signed a new deal behind the scenes. Maybe the politician was politicking to get out of Raw. Yeah, yeah. Could have been. Um, you know what would have been a great story was, and they could have just easily inserted this that one of Daniel Bryan's last acts as SmackDown general manager was securing the contractual rights to his former tag partner. Why would he do that though? He wants revenge on the man who tried to kill him. <laughs> Kane's not even an active performer. Why would he spend waste that time to get Kane when he could be getting like somebody like a, I don't know Braun Strowman. Well, if Kane is of no consequence, then that really downgrades this team. <laughs> he was of no consequence back then, but anyhow, whatever. I'm just saying, this could have been at least explained. <laughs> You're really looking for long-term build. For I'm not looking for any long-term. I'm looking for why was this guy on Raw, and then he pops up on SmackDown for I, no reason. Honestly, I didn't ask that question once watching this, but okay. Fine. All right, well... <laughs> just just remember come Survivor Series when this Raw Smackdown divide is of such importance <laughs> that we have to pretend it's such a life and death battle that I we're going to engage be, in. Definitely. When I will, guys jumping back and forth and you don't even notice. You're so right. I will be critical at that point uh, if they do go on and, and do the same like type of uh, 
uh, what is it, Under Siege deal that they did last year? Under Siege 2. Yeah. Maybe Steven Seagal will be involved. Yeah. Um, but Kane, I can I can buy. He's not even an active wrestler. He was doing feuds this year. He was doing who, matches. Who was he? He was feuding with Braun. Oh, yeah. Remember that feud? <laughs> yeah, vaguely. That was on TV this year. I don't remember it at all. All right. So, Kane says he's always a demon that is watching over top Brian. And Brian just says, I wouldn't say always. What was that? Oh, nothing. And Brian goes into the promo. And part of me was hoping they'd just let this line live and just, just, just stay there. Yeah. And subtle. You knew it was it was not subtle at <laughs> no, all. Oh, John. <laughs> this show is not written for like it's not high art at all. Like WWE professional wrestling is written for mm, the Emmys. No, I wouldn't say so either. I mean, I don't I don't it's it's a lot more simple. Do you know um someone sent me a clip from Breaking Bad. Have you seen this? No. It's a scene with Jesse where he's in a porta potty that tips over and all and he's covered in blue shit. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. So there you go. That there is some high art. Yes. Brian says um, Kane hasn't always watched over him. The last time they were in the ring, they were opponents, and Kane tried to end his career. Kane says everyone likes to win. Brian brought, brings up it wasn't a match. You tombstone me on the floor and tombstone me on the steps. And I was glad they brought this up because this was a glaring omission last week of the, the last interaction these two had where it was Brian's write-off that was the storyline reason for him vacating his cherished world title he won at WrestleMania. I honestly like don't recall any of this stuff. But yes, absolutely. I mean, it was whole, four years ago. This whole episode was kind of based around, hey, you did all this stuff to me last time. Do you think they should have showed the footage, or do you think the footage would have almost turned Kane? I think they could have shown it. I don't think it would have turned Because I don't think many people remembered this, that I, are watching I, this four years later. I certainly don't. Um, it didn't make a huge difference, though. I buy it. He says, Kane, you tried to abduct my wife, which brought laughter. Yeah. Laughter. <laughs> there, well, this is, this is the thing about the Kane character. He's just like... I think Kane is such a great comedic device when he's used this way because here's this outrageously dressed up demon with a mask with the most convoluted backstory in all of wrestling. But he just acts like your goofy uncle, you know, who just happens to have <laughs> this wild history. And I think when you, in this type of like a uh, comedic tone, when you point out all these like little bits and pieces of like crazy things he's done in his past... I, I think it's 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 it works great as as comedy. I guess I'm torn because I don't think that they're in in a, in a vacuum. The Brian Kane thing, people are into it's something for Brian. Yeah. And maybe this summer when his future is not known, this is as far as they want to go with Daniel Bryan. It's something. That's no indicator that this is his ceiling. I think this is just No, like I'm saying it, one if, aspect if this it. guy was under a long-term deal, yeah. I would say this is a big waste of Bryan at the moment because he could be so much more. Right. I think he's okay. outgrowing this. I don't see him as a comedic character and the sidekick at that. I I don't think this I, is a a big benefit to the Daniel Bryan who announced his return, and this is where we are by the but summer. But we don't always have to compare that Daniel Bryan to... Like, we don't have to expect da that Daniel Bryan every single week. There are multiple sides to this Daniel Bryan character that makes him so endearing. And big, a big part of it of his WWE run 
is this comedic side that he, sh- I he showed with Kane. I, I think he's vastly outgrowing that. Mm, I don't think so. I think you can always still do comedy and still get serious later on. I don't think you could just. I don't think you just have to be serious. They got into their yes and no argument, and were interrupted by the Usos, who said they did not deserve a shot at the tag titles. Jay said he's been hugging Jimmy since he was two, and they hugged each other four times. Brian tells them they can come fight right now, but Kane is less interested in this, saying they'll discuss it as a team and get back to the Usos. And Brian says, you don't think I'm the weak link. And he starts complaining when Paige comes out and announces Team Hell No will face the Bludgeon Brothers at Extreme Rules for the Smack Team Tag Team Championships. But they will also face the Usos tonight. And if the Usos can win, it will become a triple threat match at Extreme Rules. Yeah, Paige had a small flub here. And, uh, you know, I think she's managed to... uh, do relatively decent in her role as GM over the past several months, but you can tell maybe she's still kind of trying to find that same level of comfort in this role as she had, just simply going out there and cutting promos, which she was great at. Uh, so I think it just almost kind of shows you that even for uh, somebody who, uh, with a level of promo like Paige's, it, these GM roles aren't really all that easy to pull off. They are a different game. It's one thing to be a, a wrestler and to come out and say, I'm going to go there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the backlash, I'm going to beat beat you for the belt. When you're a GM, you're essentially a host. You can't just say the titles. You have to say the SmackDown Live tag team titles. Like, you have to get every single word right. And, you know, it's not that easy of a task. But My bigger question that all of us have for you, though, Way, is how is this going to affect the video package? Oh, I ate some ADR, like... Uh, and I don't mean her ex. Uh, I mean, <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, uh, the block probably just go into the booth and dub it over. Yeah, uh, but I like the segment, you know. I, I and I like this this conversation that I'm having with you, John, because I mean, I'm I'm trying to formulate my thoughts too. Me, I was actually I, ne- for for the record, I'm sure I'm in the minority here. I I'm just not as big a fan. I feel this is a uh, a step back temporarily for Daniel Bryan but I think it's also something that it's nostalgic for people to yeah. see these two together. See, I was never a huge fan of, of Team Hell No, but I think for a generation that's younger than me, I know that they might look back at these two much more fondly than than perhaps you and I. I think at right? the time it was a godsend for for both. I thought it it he- heavily uh helped Daniel Bryan in mm-hmm. 2013. Yeah. And I think if their task here was to re-establish that connection and re-establish that tone that they had back then i feel like they completely hit the nail on the head as if they 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 hadn't missed the beat like this this is a different side of brian that we're seeing and, and obviously it's a different side of kane uh and they came out here and throughout this course of, of this like two hour show i thought they like replayed those characters and created that chemistry between each other really well is there any way you see this ending with a turn from one of them yes certainly i mean not brian no, that would be foolish. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't discount that idea at all. Well, I mean, I think it almost sets itself up for another turn from Kane. But I mean, it, you know, is there that much between for a Kane versus Daniel Bryan match in 2018? Um, maybe for a B level show. Uh, Imagine going from Big Cast to Kane. I think it would be an improvement, personally. Ooh, that's not, a tough. That's well, a tough not argument. even necessarily in terms of match quality, but in terms of like um, interest. You know, I feel like there there aren't many Kane matches that I think you can get the crowd excited for, but Daniel Bryan is one of them. Jeff Hardy was in his, uh, he was wearing his, uh, 
as I would like to call it, his British wrestling experience face paint. <laughs> it did look a little like oh, it, Jack, yeah. It didn't hit me at first, and when Corey Graves brought it up, it's like, this looks a lot like a Union Jack. Yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> the bald eagle is a powerful aerial beast soaring on thermal convection currents with the optical ocumen to spot its prey up to two miles away. It is a symbol of this great country's ferocity as we celebrate this nation's independence. I carry this symbol with great pride. I am in search of my next prey. In exchange, I offer this symbol. Challenge open. My number one feud now that I want to see simply for the purpose of hearing your recaps, Jeff Hardy versus Bobby Lashley. Oh, I thought you were going to say like TJP as oh, Jeff Hardy's like mouthpiece. Triple threat. Yes, oh. TJP, Lashley, Jeff Hardy. I'd love it. Yeah. But maybe I'm in the minority for this one because I like these. For whatever reason, I'm enjoying these Jeff Hardy weird face paint promos. I think every every week he 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 makes his face paint look special. It, oh, it feels ex- special. explain the the jump cut they they did. They just cut to a zoom in. It's very a jarring what, what they did. Maybe is... maybe he messed up the first time with the eye opening and they had to... It's like they just tried to come up with like whatever camera trip trick possible this week. Yeah. And I think they're very... I mean, like, this style of production that's, that's very much a traditional style of production, I think they're quite limited. Like, if Jeff Hardy went out with, like, some, some kid with the DSLR, I think they could do way better, like, way more interesting things. Do you but... think he's reading off a prompter with his head to the camera? I think this is all coming from the imagination. Man. If he if he is nailing these promos, yeah. then I'm going to be holding the GMs to an even higher standard. Because if he can pull these off, he's pulling them off. Jeff flawless. Hardy as GM, where he only talks in this way with the with different face paint every week. That's what I want to see. But no, I I think these are cool. Like they make him stand out, and I th- I think he's incredibly marketable, especially for children. Oh, easy. Yeah, yeah. definitely. We go to break and come back. Now it's Oscar's turn. Yeah, we almost got like same very thing. similar promos back to back. And I mean, Asuka kind of had it first, but I mean, it's not nearly as effective with her. She removed her mask, and there was a big discussion of what she said. First, it's I had to listen to this. I'm not kidding. Like five times. First, I thought she said, "Sex is the big." <laughs> I'm pretty sure she said, "Sexist pig." Yes. Yes, this was very hard to I understand. I can confirm. I can, I can um, confirm what she said. Yes. Men, women, doesn't matter who she faces. They all feel the pain. Oh, no. James is not ready for Oscar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They gave Oscar an opportunity to cut an English promo, and she tried very hard. Like you can tell, she probably rehearsed this many, many times. Watching her Jesse Spano, sexist pig drops. Okay, yes. That was her go-to line on Slater. Oh, oh, right, okay. Um, Her English is not near the level of even somebody like a Shinsuke Nakamura. The accent is very thick, and it's very difficult to get around. And I think, obviously, you know, if you had to watch it four times, you're probably not the only one. It probably really affected the way this came across. So... At this moment, I really don't think she should be doing these. Until she can improve her enunciation, I think her script should be kept at the bare minimum. You know, even shorter than this. And, you know, at the same time, there are other ways. 
you know, I think there are other ways for her to get get her personality. She's first. incredibly expressive with her facial yeah. reactions and the look she has. They, um, they don't really do the, the, the manager thing anymore, but, like, I mean, get, you know, a tag partner or some type of mouthpiece, you know? Or, you know, like we said, subtitles. Like, that's... I want to see who this person actually is, not her trying to, you know, be handicapped by speaking a language that's not her own. You know what would have been very cool was they they did show this on, I think, on their website, was this past weekend they go to Japan and she met with Bull Nakano. And I thought... Wait, what was this? Like a this, dot com thing? Uh, they showed... They just I just saw a photo of the two of them together. Like, they, they had, like, this, like, formal meeting of some sort. I don't know if she was at the online? show... Um, I just saw a photo on the WWE's Twitter, maybe right. Oscar's Twitter. Right, right. I mean, that would have been a cool thing just coming back from break. You know, we were at the Tokyo Dome for two big nights, and here was legendary Bull Nakano meeting Asuka. <laughs> it would have been cool, yeah. It would have been cool for us. It would have been cool for, like, like imagine the person... Explain who Bull Nakano is, this legendary figure that no. Asuka is now I know, uh, John. following in her path. But imagine the person watching the show for Jeff Hardy or Team Hell No. The, the eight-year-old kid that's watching this show, like, they wouldn't have any idea. But not to say they shouldn't do it, because I, I do think they should do stuff like that. Because it's not just eight-year-olds that's, that's watching this show. But, yeah. Jeff Hardy came out, way stomped on my idea. And then The Miz <laughs> came out to answer the challenge for the United States Championship. And they had a very long match. Uh, Miz avoided the twist of fate immediately. Missed Hardy in the corner. Went through the first break. Hardy was starting the delete chance. Yeah, he's just trying to like do a best of now, <laughs> like every all like, the hits, everything I've ever done, face paint, uh, delete. Yes, the announcers. The announcers started making fun of his face paint, looking like a union jack. And Phillips defended him. He said he's an abstract artist. And they replayed the Miz blasting him in the head with this kick in slow motion, taking his head off his shoulders, taking the paint off of his face. Oh God, this yeah. looks awful. It looked rough, rough, rough. That's how bad it looked. Um, which Phillips shot down as a movie that is not, in fact, being made. This baseball slide dropkick that sent Miz into the barricade. Hardy leaped off the steps, crashing into the barricade. We got a second commercial. Miz went into some near falls, tweaks his knee coming off the top, whisper in the wind. Twist of Fate is countered with a roll-up, and then Charles Robinson catches Miz with his feet on the rope, argues with him. Miz turns around. Twist of Fate, Swanton, Jeff Hardy retains. I thought these two had a pretty good match uh, for a Money in the Bank qualifier, like maybe a little over two months or a month ago. I don't know. So I had kind of high hopes for this. I thought overall it was a good match. Um, I thought the commercials kind of robbed us of, of a good chunk of it. But the crowd reaction for Hardy, I think, is is undeniable. Like, I think the crowd really gets behind all of his matches. This U.S. title run, to me, seems to be working well. Obviously not at the level of a Seth Rollins IC title run, but I think he's still an, an incredibly likable babyface who usually has the crowd's investment in all of his matches. James Ellsworth was in the locker room. He just did an Andy Kaufman promo. Men are the superior specimens. Our brains are bigger. And he's no woman. He's all man. He's going to put Asuka in her place. Mellow's money and Ellsworth is exquisite. I love this guy. I'm so glad he's back. Like this guy was a born chauvinist. Yeah. Like, like he was made for this role. I mean, he's he can get away with it in the same way that somebody like Andy Kaufman could get away with it because they are so mm, like physically weak. You know, they're like it's so obvious that they're being sarcastic. Well, if it was Braun Strowman cutting this promo, I mean, it wouldn't really come across the same. 
Yeah, I, I have no no issue with this at all. Yeah. I mean, especially where the way Oscar is portrayed uh, in comparison to James Ellsworth. Um, yeah, fine promo. Then we had the 3rd of July pancake eating contest hosted by Byron Saxton, who was wearing a straw boater hat for the occasion. Straw boater? Yes. Okay. He introduced each member, including identifying Kofi as a one-time Jamaican hot wing eating champion. I thought maybe he was going to uh, reference his roots from... uh, Jamaican hot wing eating? That's what he called him, a one-time Jamaican hot wing eating champion. So are are Jamaican hot wings different from other hot wings? Um, I would would imagine that... Or, or is he just saying a one-time Jamaican who happens to be? Well, I didn't know if he was c- trying to call him a one-time Jamaican or huh. I guess he was at one time a Jamaican. At one time. Yeah. And then his mother revealed his true roots in an interview uh, and called him the Sultan of Short Stacks. Uh, Xavier got an intro. Biggie, they did not have time for. The pancakes were red, blue, and then our traditional pancake color, which really aren't white. Okay, sure. Yeah. But um would you eat red or blue pancakes? I, I think I'd have a I'm a very visual eater, I'd have a hard time. No, I wouldn't do it by this. choice. I'd, I'd be like, constantly like what is this? Is this food yeah. coloring that you put in the batter? Like if I was at IHOB and they served blue pancakes, I don't think I would get those. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I get the burger. They start eating. And the most frightening part of this segment was not the run in. It was the five minute timer. That was showing. <laughs> and as they got to 452, I was like, there's no way. Oh, my God. I, I wanted to see a conclusion to this. I, I felt robbed. I wanted to see who, oh my who, God. who was going to kill themselves. This went eight seconds before the lights went out. And thank God they did. Because <laughs> I think by the five-second mark, oh I was goodness. done. I was done. Come on. Sanity appears. The true un-Americans on the 4th of July. That is right. They're yes. all non-Americans yes. who are running in to stop the, these festivities. And they beat the shit out of New Day. Xavier was thrown onto a table leg, right into it. Uh, Big E was thrown over the announcer's desk, into the steps. And uh, this was done serious. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes, Corey Graves is usually not the one that is guilty of this. But had to get in his stupid line at the end that Xavier Woods just got pancaked <laughs> at the hands of Sanity. It's like, shut it's, up. It's not even clever. Let them at least try a serious angle. This was my whole complaint about the Braun angle on Monday. It's that everything's got to be a punchline. And this, the same deal. Yeah, okay, that probably was Throw out Corey's line. I understand yeah. I'm nitpicking a lot here, but nonetheless, uh, no, sanity no. After, a, are important. after a head-scratching loss last week, uh, they got them back on track this week with an yeah. apparent program. Yeah, yeah, this, it kind of made me forget about what, what they were doing last week. I mean... I Losing. Clean. I don't know if they, they were scheduled to have a, a deeper program with the Usos, but whatever it is, I'm really glad that they're they're pivoting them away from it because I think the pairing of Sanity and the New Day is This will be a really good six man. It's such a better pairing. Yeah. Especially for Sanity. And I think, you know, it, it comes down to juxtaposition and, and that's what you got in this segment. You started off this segment like as as goofy as could be. A pancake eating contest with the New Day doing their whole thing. And then Sanity cuts it off and delivers a, a really brutal beatdown, which which needed to be very like very violent in order to really create that contrast. So I thought that was successful. I think the 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 pairing is going to be good. I think the matches 
will probably be pretty good. At least I hope so. I'm just worried about what New Day's comeback is going to be next week. Are they going to mm. come out dressed as Sanity? Yeah, you know what? The, the follow-up is very important because now they've established a very serious tone. So I, I completely agree. I think that the New Day need to be serious coming out of this. Um, yeah, I hope this is added to Extreme Rules. I think this will be a really good six-man. They got footage of Billie Jean King and Bobby Riggs, The Battle of the Sexes, um, which actually they, they did a movie on a year or two ago, which is very good, by the way. Really? I recommend it. Uh, I just love that they got this footage to build up Dude, this match. This, they was, were, this was really different. They really went on all out for this yeah. Asuka James Ellsworth thing. I was almost expecting Andy Kaufman. When I saw this, I was like, are they headlining the show with this? Yeah. Like, it felt like they were building this up to be quite a big deal. But it was next uh, to start off the second hour. Ellsworth had theme music that I don't believe he's ever come out to before. I don't recall. And he had a shirt. No one is ready for Ellsworth, which I think will outsell that B-team shirt if they sold these. Yeah, I don't know. Before the bell rings, Carmella comes out, flashes the title at Asuka, and joins the commentary. Ellsworth did some pre-match push-ups, rolled up his sleeves, and then Asuka shoves him down. They go to the floor, and uh, his shirt comes off. And Asuka just starts with a flurry, hits him with an airplane spin. Ellsworth is about to vomit. And then Asuka slaps him like this was Minoru Suzuki. Oh, yeah. And Tomohiro Ishii. Mm -hmm. She slapped him so hard and then followed with a spinning back fist. He retreated, running through the audience. Asuka chased after him. Both are counted out. It only went a minute 53. She chased him back to the ringside area. And from behind, Carmella shoved her into the barricade to get the heat and end the segment. For how heavily I, this was promoted, and I think for it being a, a man versus woman match, something that they never, ever, ever do, other than maybe um, with James Ellsworth against Becky Lynch, uh, I, it's it's a long time since I've, I can recall. I expected the crowd to be a lot harder, harder for this. I expected the match to be a bit more substantial. Um... I feel like, I mean, I know they're 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 kind of handicapped by not being able to have Ellsworth hit Asuka back, but even so, I feel like there are ways that he could get the advantage. You know, I think it needed to be a bit more back and forth to really. Well, I think you'll get that next week. It seems next week is the match with Ellsworth. Yeah. Oh, did they announce the, a rematch next week? Yeah, they're doing. Oh, the lumberjack. Yeah, yeah that's the lumberjack. Right. Yes, that's right. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, then I guess this is just to delay that. Kane was in a boiler room. Brian's very angry. He wants Kane to apologize, and he starts listing off issues that he has with Kane dating back to May of 2012 when he was choke slammed and Kane disemboweled a squirrel. Mm -hmm. so, somehow they, they like, were all these actual storylines or were they just making shit up at this time? Uh, I'm sure he was choke slammed. Uh, but I am I don't I don't recall recall a storyline about a disemboweled <laughs> squirrel. Yeah. Nor did I imagine those words would be coming out of Daniel Bryan's mouth as of four months ago. Mm. Uh, Kane apologizes for everything. Bryan is like his brother. Bryan responded, "You tried to light me on fire," and Kane cut a speech to rally Bryan as they will become tag team champions together. Yeah, I mean I. I, I can accept Comedy Kane, and I, I actually even like Comedy Kane here. I think he... I like this kind of demon Comedy Kane more so than the corporate Kane, which uh, I feel like really lost something without the get-up. 
Like, just even him being a normal person, but dressing in that ridiculous mask and, and outfit makes him automatically a bit more entertaining. Uh, somewhat surprising, they announced Jeff Hardy and Shinsuke Nakamura for the United States title at Extreme Rules. I guess he'll be healthy. I guess they are very confident he'll be back in time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was begging for a stipulation here. Uh, a Baja Men match. Oh, man. AJ Styles versus Aiden English was next. Styles cut a promo. The crowd was chanting back and forth for AJ and Rusev Day. He's going to defend his title against someone bigger and stronger than him. But this isn't rental property. This is the house that AJ Styles built. Yeah. It's not for rent. Nope. Nope. Go find another summer spot. Yeah. The market's uh, tough to get into at this moment. Yep. There's no housing crisis here. Uh, He is not phenomenal in reference to Rusev. Rusev in English came out. Rusev says that AJ has never faced this version of Rusev, who is getting his first title opportunity, and it just so happens to be taking place on his holiday. He is coming to break down the door, evict AJ, and move into the house he built. And Aiden, what day are we moving in? On Rusev Day. There was also a sign in the crowd that read, I attend more WWE events than Brock Lesnar. Uh, Rusev continues speaking after the bell rings to allow English to jump AJ. They went through a commercial, came back, uh, very little to this match. Styles Clash was blocked, so he transitioned into the calf crusher, and English tapped out. Yes. Yeah, uh, and then afterwards, Rusev attacks. Yeah, this yeah. this really does not feel like a title program. No, like not at all. the top title. I mean, again, I think they're about six months late on the Rusev thing. Um, this match is in ten days. Not 10 days. It's in a yeah. week and a half. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it has, it feels like it's a B show headliner. It almost even kind of feels a bit less than that. It almost feels like a TV show, a TV headliner. Um, like, I can't, I can't fathom this going on last. No, certainly not. Reigns um, and Lashley? Uh, um, yeah. It's, it's not like you have a clear cut um, yeah. main event on the show. Wouldn't be Naya and Alexa. Wouldn't be. Though that's the biggest angle on the show is with Ronda. Yeah. I'm guessing it'll be Roman, Bobby. Anyway, um, I think, you know, again, Rusev total heel this week. Uh, he's still getting Rusev day chance, but the crowd is reacting to him with boos. Rusev pulled AJ to the floor, ran him into the post, Machka kick, applied the accolade, and again, yeah, Rusev completely booked as a heel here, standing over top the fallen AJ. Yeah. Maybe it's like, maybe the crowd's just kind of over the whole Rusev day thing. Uh, they're still chanting it. It's still I think they're confused chant. because I don't think the WWE has known what version of Rusev they've been presenting. Because yeah. if this was where they were going, I would have had Rusev killing people for six straight weeks going into this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, just getting that accolade across significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems like this was the definitive week where you saw uh, the 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 direction of the character for this match. Yeah. That I, the audience is probably not even going to respect during the match. I mean, we'll, cheer s- for him anyway. we'll see if it's definitive next week. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> The Iconics had a selfie promo. Did you watch the video they posted today of Mm -hmm. Hunter telling them that they're getting called up to the main roster? Oh, I watched it on... um, A Ride Along. It was a clip from Ride Along. I watched the whole edition of Ride Along, actually. I I could talk a bit about that. Sure. We'll we'll discuss after. I have not seen it, but uh, I did watch that clip. This was an interesting promo because they dropped, like, their style of promo. This was a much more... I don't want to say subdued, but you could see the delivery was 
different. There were none of the, none of the playing it, off each it was other. A bit more serious. Yeah, very yeah. serious. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wonder if this was just a one-time promo thing, or maybe kind of pulling these two back from those characters. Maybe, maybe. But um, I thought these two were excellent. I don't know if you're about to talk about the. Yeah, they. Peyton said she's going to expose Becky as a has been that never wins when it counts. They do have a nasty side. They're going to beat and hurt Becky, and I, I, I. I think that they have a very popular act together, mm-hmm. but I do think that they should show this range that they can do normal promos without relying on the over the top definitely delivery that it's great. It's entertaining, yeah. but I want to see this too for different situations. Well, in the end, like it comes down to a wrestling match and you wanting to beat me in a wrestling match. And I think for, to, for, for that, you can't just rely on, you know, a fun comedy routine. You have to be serious. And I thought these two were great, man, especially with the selfie promo. Like, to me, they are they they are more successful doing the selfie promo than most in the company, and I think it comes down to them being able to cut good bite-sized promos, um, and also knowing how to light yourself and make yourself look good in selfie mode, which really is a bit of a skill. That's the star-making quality in 2018. It they should be is. teaching this in wrestling school. I mean, clearly these two have a lot of Instagram experience, and uh, maybe they could teach uh, uh, quite a few members of the locker room. <laughs> a lighting a lighting crash course. From Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, yeah. Paige met with James Ellsworth and Carmella, and this is where she made the rematch for next week with Oscar Ellsworth with a female lumberjack match. Becky Lynch took on Peyton Royce. They were obviously in a hurry because neither got their walkouts. Uh, match just started immediately after the break. Peyton, to me, uh, completed the best sequence I have ever seen with her, where she hit this spin kick to Becky on the turnbuckle immediately into a Death Valley driver. Mm. This was the best sequence I've ever seen her deliver. Uh, then she hit these knees from the clinch, which kind of brought it back down to earth. Uh, Beck Sploder was hit during the comeback. Becky hit her own spin kick. Peyton got her onto her shoulders, but that was countered into the disarmor, and she tapped out Peyton at 326. Peyton actually had, like, a nice knee, like, like just, like, a good running knee in there, too. Um, so, but overall, like, I still can't say this was a good match, you yeah. know? Like, Becky has come out of the... He, she came out of the money in the bank with a great deal of fan support, and to me, it almost feels like, week by week, I kind of sense that support dwindling, I think that I think this is a pretty in tune audience that they see when someone's got plans and when someone doesn't. And uh, they clearly had plans for Becky. She wouldn't be getting all this TV time and all these wins if they didn't have plans for her. Mm. Uh, I, I think she's more focused on than she was three months ago. Yeah. Um, Charlotte hasn't been on TV. Is, is she even injured? Is Charlotte? Yeah, she's out at the moment. Oh, she's injured. Okay. Well, I mean, Naomi hasn't been on, for instance. But Becky has. Becky's been getting wins at, like for three weeks straight now. So, to me, it feels like Becky's getting something at SummerSlam. I, I just look at enough examples where you see someone's hot, and she was hot coming off of Money in the Bank, and they wait on their timetable, and then you get Rusev, and it's yeah. just... Well, I think, for at least personally, a lot of my lack, uh, uh, maybe waning interest in, in Becky Lynch might come down to the matches. Uh, I, I would say, like, the last three matches he's had really have not been... Mm, that great, and I know she's been in there with like uh, pretty low caliber opponents. But if you're going to be champion, like at some point, you should be expected to have good performances with almost everybody. Do you see mm-hmm. her being Charlotte's program at SummerSlam? 
I see her being um because you're right. They are building her up with I wins. I see her being Carmella's program. Like I do feel like they are setting her. Oh yeah, up for no, I didn't even realize. Yeah, yeah. Charlotte's time in the champion. Yeah, so, so I think she'll win the belt from Carmella. Um, that's my prediction. But maybe you could do um, God, can you imagine they do a, a rematch with Charlotte and Oscar at SummerSlam? How far those two have? Uh, yeah. Well, at least Oscar's fallen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you know, I I think Becky just kind of she needs to have better matches. Nakamura did a selfie promo and asked the the question many have had. Why does Jeff Hardy paint his face? Is he crying? Is he sad? Or is he ashamed? At Extreme Rules, I will strip away everything, including his pride and honor, and then take his championship. Yeah, not bad from Nakamura. Um, If we have to make the comparison, yeah, it's way better than Asuka, obviously. Uh, But this wasn't great either, I don't think. I, I like the Peyton Royce one way better than this. Then we got an exclusive scene as SmackDown viewers for the upcoming Dwayne Johnson film Skyscraper. Yeah, this I I actually kind of want to watch this. Oh boy, I don't. What? This movie consists of him like climbing this burning building. That sounds fucking awesome. For 90 minutes? Yeah. (laughs) His family is trapped on top of a burning building and there's no way to get them. So this man has to scale the side of a skyscraper with his bare hands to get to his family to rescue them. How awesome does that sound? It's The Rock. And Nev Campbell. Yeah. That's the weirdest couple ever. It really is, yeah. I can't see this. Party of two. Yeah. Main event was the Usos against Daniel Bryan and Kane. The Usos dragged Kane to the floor, attacked him, and then took him down with two suicide dives going through the break. We come back. Bryan is firing up on Jimmy. He hit a top rope Frankensteiner. Jay then clotheslined Bryan to the floor. Kane's tagged in, and Jimmy and Jay go for suicide dives. Then they take out Kane with a double super kick. He kicks out. Then they go for a double splash. Two men coming from opposite corners of the ring, and Kane catches them both by the throat. All that downward pressure, and he stops them from his back. Fuck Hoist Gracie. This guy fighting off his back. It's physics, man. This is a this is a red belt if there ever was one. Mm-hmm. The red the big red belt. <laughs> Kane, uh, running knee from Brian, choke slam by Kane. They win. The Usos are the doormats, and Brian forces Kane to do the yes chant. They both hug. The Bludgeon Brothers come out, and there is silence. They stare awkwardly, and the show ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I think on paper, you're probably supposed to have the crowd, like, really cheer or something for a moment like that. I don't they were know. just waiting for something <laughs> to happen, and then the, the credits came, and that was it. Yeah. They're, they just wanted to come out to watch 205 Live. Uh, I thought the match was good. I thought it was a good reestablisher for Team Hell No, who I think, again, have really managed to capture their comedic chemistry uh, right away. I think this time, you can expect Brian and, and Kane to even have perhaps even a, a clearer understanding of their of their characters in, in this team. So I, I think that's off to a good start. Uh, unfortunate for the Usos, who's just this year just doesn't seem to be given any big roles because they still managed to come out and just cut Fantastic promos in ring. They're great, uh, but they're just not cast in lead roles right now. Unfortunately, um, they had that run, and I think they're it's a numbers game. Man, get them to Raw. Like, Raw could really use them. They could be a leading act on Raw, you know? You got the B team. Oh, God. I think it's unfortunate. These two, these two just had such a great year in 2017, yeah. really improved their stock, yeah. and it's just... They sh- I mean, I didn't hate this, but at the same time, they shouldn't be like you know the heaters for for Team Hell No or 
sanity. Like, shit. They, they're way better than that. But, anyway. I, I enjoyed this edition of SmackDown. Maybe you and I might have different uh, opinions. I didn't think any of the matches were all that great on the show. Some of the crowd reactions were a little bit disappointing, but I thought, overall, the storytelling was solid. And certainly uh, <laughs> not... Uh, listen, no, I, no comparison to Raw. Listen, listen I... I, I I enjoyed this show more than Raw, certainly. Um, though this had nothing near the uh, the tag match of Raw. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I'm just not as um, fully into the Team Hell No thing. If this is one pay-per-view cycle, I can live with that. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see where it goes. I just Extreme Rules to me as a show, I just want to see them get through yeah. and then see the big programs that they have lined up for SummerSlam. I think I think the people producing the show probably just want to get through Extreme Rules. Uh, let me just pre- j- chat briefly about uh, Ride Along. Which I brief, uh, which yeah, I and also before. if you uh, touch on two hundred five live because okay. we caught the uh, I caught the tail end of the no yeah. DQ match, but you saw the whole thing. I didn't see the whole match actually. Okay, I, I caught most of it. Though. This looked excellent. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's start start off with that. Uh, I missed most of two hundred five live, but I did catch uh, uh, most of the main event with uh, Mustafa Ali and Buddy Murphy, and I believe this was billed as a hard, some type of hardcore match. Um, so at some point in the match, uh, they pull out stairs, and. Um, there just there were just some incredible spots. Uh, I haven't haven't been following two five live, but this is what uh, the rubber match between yeah, the yeah. two of them. So man, just some incredible spots. There's one one thing where that Ali did where like he props the not the not the upper uh, deck of the steps, but the bottom layer of the steps, the longer one. Yeah, he stands like upward upward like in yeah. a vertical position. Exactly, he stands that thing upright next to the 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 turnbuckle. Props, uh, buddy, buddy Murphy up there, and then superplex like Mustafa Ali climbs onto the to the edge of the steps, so he's higher than the top turnbuckle, and he superplexes Buddy Murphy off of that. Uh, he does like the Spanish fly spot, like a like a triple hop Spanish fly off of the barricade through the the announce table. Um, like this guy's honestly among the the top performers in the company yeah. at the moment but i mean again like buddy murphy is awesome too man yeah. like i mean i watch a match like this and this crowd was so invested in this match too like whatever crowd was was there i guess but i'm watching this match and i'm thinking like hmm maybe i should like start watching 205 live again because like this match looked that good it was a lot of back and forth um i almost don't want to spoil it for people because i imagine a lot of people aren't going to watch it or, or haven't seen it so just know that it's a good match the result almost doesn't even really matter but Go and watch it. It's it, it was a good one. Yeah, I just got here and caught the last five minutes, and it looked great. I'm definitely gonna go rewatch that. Ride along. Uh, this week featured Rusev Day and uh, the Iconics, and I'm not gonna go through the whole whole show, but just my overall thoughts of it. It's who would you most like to share a car with of these well, five? Let me just say, <laughs> Billy Royce. Oh, sorry, Billy K. <laughs> Billy K. And Peyton Royce. These two are full of personality. But I would find a car ride with both of them so <laughs> annoying. They're roommates. Oh, I, I can tell that they're all yeah. best. They're best friends. Yeah, I can tell they're complete best friends. And they do talk about how um, uh, the 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 clip. They do show the clip of them uh, being called up by mm-hmm. Triple H for the first time, and yeah. they're in tears. I love watching those clips. Like when Hunter pulls them into the room, and Hunter's like, "Would you feel awkward if it was you and this?" This camera phone or an actual camera is there. Yeah. Like, it's almost you're pressured to have a ridiculous reaction that. Yeah. Well, just... But, but like, part of me, like, when you see those moments, like you saw on Breaking Ground or like any anytime you see like an NXT person get called up back, like, by Triple H, 
in in a real life moment. Like I don't often think about how big of a deal it is for somebody like that, um, because I'm like, man, Enzo, like, or Big Cass, why are you crying? You're just like, you're just getting called from NXT. To me, it's not a big deal. Wait, how does this affect my road expenses now? <laughs> Do I have to cover those now? But to them, like, this comes after several years of doing it, and you know, a lot of guys, maybe actually not even making out of NXT. Did you know that, like, that that Zeta? Zeta girl, mm-hmm. the Chinese girl, she was let go like a few months ago. I didn't even know that, but it it shows you there are plenty of people that don't make it out of NXT and never. Oh get... yeah, like they are, they are packed at the performance center mm-hmm. with performers. And there are people that like just simply are probably making a pretty low wage down there. Oh, and, definitely. And getting that 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 call up to the main roster is a huge difference maker for their entire lives. So you saw that emotion in full effect here in this clip with uh, uh, the Iconics getting called up by Triple H. Um, so they played that. They talk about just like how, you know, I guess how grateful they are. But then there's a lot of comedy, too. It's fun. They have a lot of personality. Uh, but if I sat in that back seat, I would kill myself. <laughs> like, I, I, would, I would hate it. I would hate it. I could take them in short bursts. I could take them in selfie promos. But like, I can't do like a whole hour and a half car ride. Do they like shorten words and talk about where they're going I for mean, lunch? I mean, shit. <laughs> they do exactly that. That's who they remind exactly, me of. Exactly, <laughs> exactly that. Which makes them incredible personalities. Absolutely. I just, I don't want to ride in the car with them. And that's what I realized. These two are essentially the Bushwhackers. <laughs> if Butch and Luke were two beautiful women. Like, they are almost that obnoxious. But they have tremendous chemistry with one another. So, and they have thick accents. So. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> They're the Bushwhackers. Please, someone come up with a name for them. Oh, leave that to you. But I think these two are like, to me, I want to, I do want to see more of them. I think they're shoe-ins for an upcoming season of Total Divas. That, to me, is kind of their value in this company. It's certainly not in high-quality matches, okay, with Becky Lynch. But it's in all the other stuff that you, you do with your female roster. Iconic Divas. Sure, whatever. Like, but I think those two would be great on that show. Uh, so, so they're fun. If you're a fan of them, I I, I encourage you to watch that. The other t- uh, pair, uh, not even a pair, actually, it was Rusev Day. So, <laughs> I would also hate to be in this car because it's R- Rusev, Lana, and English. Oh, so, boy. like, I mean, I don't know how often these guys must travel all the time together. But imagine like you're, you're like a married couple, and then the back seat is just like. I, I don't want to hang out with, like, Lana and Rusev all day, but they all seem to get along pretty well. Oh, that's um, nice. And the most interesting part about that uh, segment was Rusev talking about the Taker match. I heard about this. So Rusev says, uh, I remember when, you know, I was supposed to fight The Undertaker in that Saudi Arabia show. And then he says that he was called into Vince's office where Vince told him he's going to face The Undertaker. And then Rusev says that he laughed at Vince McMahon. And then I don't know if this came shortly after. Why would that elicit a laughter response? I think it was almost just like a, oh my God, you're going to like have me lose to oh, the Undertaker. Because he, he knew what kind of a match yeah. would be laid out, and which you, is what happened. Well, and if you recall, WWE tweet, tweeted out that match. Rusev at the time quote tweeted it saying, bury me softly. That's brother. right. Yes. And after that. He got pulled from the match, and Rusev talks about that here. He says they put Jericho in. They pulled me from the match, and they they were putting out press releases for these matches at the time too. So they were like issuing press releases mm-hmm. and changing this card around. So Rusev says that it was the Prince who said who demanded that Rusev be added back into 
the match or, or that card. I mean... Now, I believe okay, this is the whatever. same prince that had also requested that Yokozuna be on the card. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know the full extent of that story, but Rusev was added back into the match. And, you know, but Rusev, it was kind of funny to hear him talk about it on, on the program. They also played the match game between Lana and Rusev, but instead they called it the Machka game. Oh, yeah. Yep. So ride along. You know, like a, the, the the WWE programming that they have, whether it be Table for Three or Ride Along, I always find them like entertaining watches in the background. Like you just, you do something else, you go about your day, you have this on, it's not serious, you could turn your brain off and they're easy to watch. Yeah. Um, I I finished the uh, the Ring of Honor pay per view. I'm not going to go through the whole show, but it was um, it was a fairly entertaining pay per view. I wouldn't say it was um, a pay per view that if you missed it, you have to go out of your way to see this. But I did really enjoy uh, the tag match with the Young Bucks and the Briscoes. Uh, they had a great tag match, and I really loved the Jay Lethal Kushida match. That was the match I probably had the most interest going into the show with, mm-hmm. and they were just terrific together. I watched that show and. Um, Watching it in hindsight, knowing that Lethal would be getting the title the next night, you watch that show, I don't think there was another candidate better than Jay Lethal to win that title. He's been tearing it up this year and and has been for a long time. Mm. He is a tremendous performer. Uh, there was a time when he first left TNA to go to Ring of Honor. I thought he was going to have a really hard time shaking that Randy Savage character and that he would which be... Which bringing back. Yeah, which he's brought back, but I think it's... Um, you know, it's. I I thought at the not time on, not in Ring of Honor at least. He's no, he hasn't brought it back in Ring of Honor. I think it's kind of a separate character. But I really had a uh, thought that he would have a hard time shaking that that comedic character because I can't take a promo from him serious. And honestly, I I almost still have that trouble because I haven't really been following him in Ring of Honor. So I still see like Black Machismo. Oh uh, well, maybe for some. I mean, he had that great like really lengthy title run and. Yeah. I just look at that card and like the different candidates you you would have had to beyond Jay Lethal. Like, I wouldn't have gone with Matt Taven. Um, I wouldn't have gone with you know Austin Aries. It makes sense as the belt collector, mm-hmm. but I don't know how much longer he's around Ring of Honor. And Cody, we don't know like what his obligations are. Cody, I'm sure they have his plans like kind of laid out. Mm-hmm. Um, because this seems just like Dalton is just he is just messed up. Like mm-hmm. this main event, it was just painful to watch this guy try to move in this match. So when do you think they made the decision to to give Lethal the belt? If you had to guess, I would assume going into the weekend they knew yeah. where they were going and just didn't want to put it on Cody or Squirrel mm-hmm. and just held off to the tapings. Because um, I got the sense they were doing something of importance. Because um, Saturday I was at the, I didn't have my cell service, but I got a message. Um, that came through stating uh, the main event, this was from someone at ROH, that they were going to be airing the main event on Honor Club tonight. Mm -hmm. So that made me think they're probably doing something of note. Mm -hmm. So when the title change went through, it didn't uh, stun me. I think, And they've been building to this with Lethal. Like, he's been Mm -hmm. knocking off all the people he's lost to, and Kushida included. So it's not like it came out of the blue either. But I I would encourage you to watch that Lethal-Kushida match. Uh, as well as the Young Bucks cool. against uh, the Briscoes. Yeah. Eight-woman tag with some of the stardom women. It was pretty enjoyable. Really hot finish. Uh, Hana Kimura and Mayu Iwatani were the two standouts in that match. And, yeah. yeah, that's right. I thought it was a good show. There's a lot. Um, I mean, just over the past week, that that's on my two-watch list. Like, so I, I do want to check out the, the Strong Style Evolved uh, UK cards featuring some really, yeah, really yeah, big the, results. Um, man, Suzuki Ishii yeah. sounds great. Uh, the Zack Sabre Jr. Kazuchika Okada match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Walter and Nagata. 
Yeah. Impact's got a big match coming up, don't don't they? Um Well they've got Slam Reversary. Is that it though? I thought I heard somebody like talk about um was it a Ray Phoenix match or, or something that, that was like coming up here. Let me just see. I hate it. we are gonna get to your feedback, everybody. We have You know what? While you're looking at that yeah. up, I did get some uh, uh live notes from someone who attended the SmackDown show on Tuesday in Omaha. Uh yes, this Thursday, Ray Phoenix versus Rich Swan, I heard was really, oh, okay. really good coming up this Thursday. So Um So this is from Mike who went to the show in Omaha tonight and not the post match dark match, the pre show dark match. We got the big the big blow off. Okay. Andrade Cien almost defeated Sin Cara. <laughs> they didn't even put that on TV. No, it was on before. Um, he added here, uh, 205, 45% of the crowd left when 205 Live started. Uh, they moved about four or five rows of people from the hard camera side to fill in the seats on the camera side. Um, he was uh, raving about the Ali Murphy match. Mm-hmm. And then the post dark match was the new day against sanity he said it was a real match for about 30 seconds then ended in a double dq both sides got in shots and then the new day put eric young through a table to end the show 30 seconds what's the point come on yeah interesting those were the um i would rather see the end of the pancake eating contest if you're gonna do that oh yeah bring the that could have gone longer than 30 seconds with sanity participating oh they could have had maybe like some canadian uh, maple syrup Obviously. Oh, that's perfect. The leftovers from yeah. Kevin Owens. Belgian waffles. No, 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 none of them are German. Or Belgian, I mean. No. Um, maybe Alexander Wolf could have yeah. brought some European delicacy. Yeah. Okay, let's go to our feedback for SmackDown. The board, what do you think they rated this show? Ooh, um, I'm going to go... I think people will be closer in your camp. So I'll say a 5.6. 6.78. Whoa, 6.78. You guys are drunk. Love this show. Wow. They're with me. <laughs> Bear in mind that last night's show got like a 1.8 or something. I know, I know. So this was like seven times better. <laughs> All right, we go to Chris from Virginia. Good SmackDown overall. I'm glad Daniel Bryan brought up the plot hole in Team Hell No getting back together after all Kane had done. I laughed hard when Kane called Bryan a brother and Bryan replied, You set your brother on fire. As for actual wrestling, Hardy versus Miz was better than anything we saw on Raw last night. I respectfully disagree. I thought I thought the the Roman Reigns um, Seth Rollins tag match was oh that tag match good. blew away anything on this show. He says, but we just had to have a damn pancake skit. skit. Thankfully, an Irishman, a German, and a Canadian saved America and the world's sanity by ending that contest before it went past five seconds. The world police. I'm giving this show a six. Then again, after watching Raw last night and Buff Bagwell versus Scotty Riggs in a strap match at WCW and Uncensored oh, '97 which is our edition of uh, Rewind Away this week. Uh, Before SmackDown, the bar was set very low. Take care, everyone. Oh, the bar is very low on SmackDown at the moment. They're not even on the show. Oh, I I forget that they're even on the brand. From MJ, Kane and Brian have always had great chemistry, and it was a nice walk down memory lane to hear some of the callbacks. That said, this feels like a quick money grab to fund Kane's mayoral campaign. (laughs) Not that I mind. (laughs) I don't know if that's how mayoral campaigns work. I'm going to wrestle to fund my campaign. (laughs) How dare you? Imagine he got a shirt here. He got all that merch money. Interesting that Jeff Hardy was supporting the British with his face paint tonight. Is it that hard to do a simple American flag design? SmackDown continues to push programs linearly and compared to Raw, where I have no clue who's in line for what and what programs are coming. SmackDown feels more like a wrestling show. I agree with that. Brandon from Oshawa. I have a sour taste in my mouth after Raw last night. This show was much better than Raw, but I couldn't get into it at all. I would have preferred if someone other than The Miz was just thrown to Jeff Hardy. Another tag team could have been used to heat up Team Hell No other than the Usos. These guys 
was were so hot late last year and early this year, and now they are reduced to being the whipping boys for new and returning teams. I'm getting a bad feeling that Kane is going to turn on Daniel Bryan as a way to further hold off the Bryan Miz program. I've loved SmackDown since the shakeup, but that Raw really did a number on me on me when it comes to WWE programming. On the plus side, England finally won a penalty shootout, so there's that. What? Have you been following? Way last week, you told me, you asked me who's going to win. I predicted England. Right. So that's my team. So, so how far are we? How close are are they to the finals? Uh, they beat Colombia, and you're I, actually following this. Wow. No, I just saw the result today. Oh, okay, I can't okay. tell you what round they're in. <laughs> Is it out of the round robin yet? I don't know. Sorry, I, I have not watched a second of soccer. Yeah, me neither. Eric uh, is in Miami. Sorry, he. Sorry, oh. Brandon actually also asks, um, Way, you didn't mention the post credit scene from Being the Elite. Have you seen it? I actually didn't know there was a post credit scene. So Oh, that's a bad post credit scene. Maybe then. I should watch it with you in person. Sure. Why don't okay. you call it up? Sure. Eric is in Miami, and he writes, I hate when WWE doesn't care about continuation and plot holes, so I was very happy Brian mentioned what happened the last time they were in a program and loved the You Burned Your Brother line. Question, do you know what happened with MVP at MLW, and this and does this set up MVP being Lashley's uh, mouthpiece? Yeah, MVP posted a video. He is done with MLW, both uh, with the wrestling promotion and on the podcast front, and uh, I guess just some things went down, and they're, it, he's not doing anything. Um, does it open the door for a return to WWE? I, I wouldn't bank on it. Um, it's very unlike WWE to bring in people just strictly as mouthpieces. So I would, I would say that's mm. more unlikely that that would happen. I would say so too. He, they were a great pairing together in TNA, but I don't see uh, him coming in for that role. When you have so many people in the WWE, you could elevate to that role. Like how many people in NXT are begging to to have that spot and could probably do a good job of it. Right. Okay. Uh, I don't. Okay. Let's see. Let's see if there's anything to this. This is the uh, post-credits of the Being the Elite episode that we talked about yesterday on uh, our bonus show, if you listen to, which uh, has a new name now. Okay, so. Okay, wait a second. Hold on. That wasn't about him. What was it about him? What are you talking about? All right? Oh. Oh, sorry, my internet, everybody. Blame Rogers. Hey, did you like that video? You know what I just thought of? What? The Japanese police, they they, uh, they never found Joey's body. They just presume he's dead. <laughs> so, well, he's not... Let, let, wait, well, listen, where do you think let, he is? Listen. He's, listen. So, <laughs> we, we what, all... what if he's still alive? <laughs> we had the, the memorial. It's over. We all need a little bit of clothes. Yeah, there's still... There's, there's still I think you got I think you got But there's still go. Listen, there's still a slim chance, right? Where would he be? He's, they said the, the room had blood all over it. it just let it We all need a little a little bit of closure. That's why we did the memorial thing. I know you're taking this hard, you know? <laughs> this is Nick and Matt, everybody. Okay. I'm taking it hard too. I'm sad about Joey too. Joey? No, 
that was that wasn't about him. What wasn't about him? What are you talking about? All right. Something bad's gonna happen. <laughs> oh my God! I can't, I can't believe I completely missed oh, that. Wow. Hey, did you like? All right, so uh, yeah, Matt Jackson is having vision, or Nick Jackson is having visions again, and Joey Ryan might be alive. There, there's your update. There you go. That's how you go off the air with a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have those once in a while. All right. Well, uh, I think we've gone through all the feedback. Uh, we should dedicate some time to uh, yeah. discussing uh, what is coming up this week, as well as our G1 contest that is in full effect. We have over 300 people have submitted picks so far. Mm-hmm. So, folks, it is a it is a burgeoning field of participants. By the way, it's been asked. You can only enter once, everybody, because uh, Chris Angler will. Uh, We'll be able to, to, to weed out multiple entries. So please uh, only enter one time and uh, put your best foot forward. Otherwise, I guess your first submission might be the one that's chosen. I don't exactly know. Uh, so hopefully too, not too many of those 300 are uh, are, are, are Garov's uh, entries. <laughs> <laughs> so you can go join postwrestling.com slash G1. You can submit all your picks for all of the matches. The top three finishers uh, will be receiving a post-wrestling prize pack along with uh, three signed copies of Chris Charlton's new book, Eggshells, which is out later this month on the history of wrestling at the Tokyo Dome. Uh, so go join that. Go to postwrestling.com, click on the button for mm-hmm. easy access to the contest. And it is free to join. Yeah, Coming up on the feed, uh, or at least on the Pro Wrestling Network, not our feed, but uh, the Keep It 2000 feed, is a new edition of Keep It 2000. Hey, wait. Wait. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Whoa, did you just see Keep It 2000? <sighs> I think no. something bad's about to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a very, very special edition of Keep It 2000. And uh, I don't want to talk too much about it. I'm going to let Brian and Nate talk uh, more about it. Uh, I haven't even heard it yet myself, but uh, don't miss this one. Then on Thursday, we've got Up Next with Davey Portman and Braden Harrington. They'll be chatting about this week's episode of NXT and whatever their their summer is taking them. Uh, they will keep you up to date. And Friday, we are back with Rewind Away for all members of the Post Wrestling Cafe, where this week we are going to be joined by John Ziegler, who is our espresso executive producer who has selected WCW Uncensored 1997. So he will pop on to explain his rationale for this choice. John Ziegler messaged us and said, John and Wade, in addition to watching this WCW Uncensored, you have to watch this clip. And the clip is Roddy Piper selecting his team for WCW Uncensored. Oh, it's one of the worst segments in Nitro history. This is from the March 3rd, 1997 edition of Nitro, where Roddy Piper picks... (laughs) Picks three men to join him in the battle against the NWO. Oh, this is a, at the time, was a very uh, memorable segment. Yeah, it's up on YouTube. Just type in Roddy Piper, March 3rd, 97 Nitro. Uh, it is spectacular. So we're going to be chatting all about WCW from March of 97 and what was going on at the time. This pay-per-view took place one week before WrestleMania and outdrew it. Uh, so we will be chatting about that Saturday. Saturday is a big day. It will start off with Chris Charlton's latest uh, Eggshells podcast companion show. And joining him will be Alan Forel. The Alan man, Cunahan. the myth, Alan Forel mm-hmm. from Pro Wrestling Torch will be on uh, to chat about the 1991 Tokyo Dome shows uh, that went down that year. And then Saturday night, um, 
I don't know if I made this clear on Monday. I don't think I, I mentioned it specifically. But um, the way it's going to work is the UFC 226 show. That will be free for everybody. The New Japan review that Way is doing with Dan Lavransky and our friend Mike Murray, uh, that will be available on the Post Wrestling Cafe for all members. $6 gets you entry. It gets you all of our audio shows, mm-hmm. including that one on Saturday. Including the, b- the bonus show that just received a new name. That's right. We named our bonus show. What is the name? Well, you have to go listen. <laughs> yeah, little brothers. <laughs> what a combo. Uh, so that is where you can go uh, check that out. We have two shows up from Monday night in addition to this one. So plenty coming your way uh, this weekend. Uh, we will have you all covered between the UFC events as well as uh, New Japan's card at the Cow Palace. So uh, that is it, everybody. Go join the G1 contest, and we will speak with you later this week.